Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam. This is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. And I've got a story about anger, overcoming anger. Some compassion, some patience. And how sometimes you have to approach the changes you want to make in layers and in steps. So the story about a friend of mine, we'll call Jack. And Jack had been a client. He was doing my course for a couple of years, and he really made a lot of wonderful changes in his life, and he was really feeling happy and at peace. Uh, he was really getting into a pretty good place. And a very surprised thing happened. Uh, his sister, who he had become very close with, was hit by a drunk driver. This shocked him, his family, shocked his daughter, who whose mother really wasn't present, and and Jack's sister had become kind of this very wonderful maternal character for her, nurturing, supporting her uh, in her young teenage years, and that was really beneficial. Now, there was a loss to his daughter, shock to his parents, uh, grief all the way around, his own grief. And he was very saddened, he was shocked, and he was angry. Then he added on top of that, the as the police investigated and they found the guy and got informed by the attorneys and that, you know, he at, at most he'll get a few years and then maybe less than that with because of the way the court, the justice system, the laws are written. And that was kind of an outrage that this could happen. This was not justice. This was not a justice system as far as he was concerned with all the emotion what his family was going through. It had been a couple months and he called me up talking about it and he shared with me the story. all his layers of emotions, family members' emotions. And his kind of self-judgment at himself for falling into this rage and, and, and sadness and kind of somewhat hopelessness. All these different emotional reactions, a lot of which particularly angry, he thought he was over and and had gotten rid of, and now it was all back, like he'd done nothing, like he had made no progress at all. And so a very kind of harsh inner critic about all that work being for naught or, or having lost all the progress he made. So it's interesting the way the stories can add more sense of feeling worthless and hopeless, and on top of that, about your progress in a moment of just emotion, you know, but emotions aren't linear. Um, you can do a lot of work and, and, and have the emotions he was feeling after a lot of work. Sometimes in this work, you end up feeling your emotions more intently, more because you're more present. You don't have them in denial. You don't have them all pushed off. And when something real in your life happens, you really feel emotions. 
that's part of a normal human being's life. But that's not always clear to the inner critic that says, oh, you should have made this progress. And then, you know, because you feel the same emotion, because he feels anger like he felt five years ago, like that means he's back to where he was five years ago. That's the inner critic scorekeeper that doesn't know how to keep score. There's another podcast on that. But if you aren't aware of that lie from the inner critic, then you can feel worse if you believe what it says in those thoughts. But particularly when you're in that strong emotion, it seems true, you believe what you're thinking. And that's kind of the danger to the emotional body. So Jack shares all this with me. And it's one of those very humbling phone calls. Because here's a big pile. And he's got a lot in his life. And there's no magic words. There's no magic process that we're going to get out of this today or this week. And as much as I like to tout that change is possible and, and creating a different life is possible, sometimes it, it's not going to happen in one day. Sometimes taking care of what you have in front of you is everything that's going to take just to get through the day. And that that change actually is going to happen over time. Sometimes people get you know, that breakthrough in a day, but usually they get that breakthrough in a day if they've been working on things for a while for that part to fall over. And it was going to take more than a day for, for Jack to climb out of the hole he was in. More than a week. And a day like today, sometimes you don't know where the first step is. And so as he shares this all with me, I don't see a first step. And so I'm pretty damn sure he doesn't either. But I've learned to be okay with that. That's happened plenty of times that I I don't know where to go. But I tend to trust a process that will figure it out. I'm open to exploring. And so I ask him, what, what would you like from me? And... <laughs> It kind of surprised me. He's like, I don't know. I, I hadn't thought about it. I'm like, well, that's okay. I think he was so busy telling his story. It hadn't occurred to him that, that it could change or that something could be done about it or what could be done about it. His mind wasn't in that. And so just asking the question, what, what would you like for me? Start to engage his mind in a different way. It's like, what would he like? What would he like to change? What would he like to address? And he was still at a loss. But we talked about that loss, not knowing what to do and not knowing where to go. And maybe that was a little bit of a shift at like, well, that's part of something to consider. What do you, what do you want to do about all this? And just having that conversation starts a different kind of dialogue in our brain and, and implants a seed that something could be done, even if we don't know what yet. And that's part of the change. That's part of this slow, incremental step that you don't even see you're making. Just like, is there something that could be done about this? Just considering options, sometimes that's a step. You're 
you're stumbling through the darkness, but at least you're stumbling somewhere till you maybe get to a point where you can see a little light. And so we stumbled around for a while, not having answers, not knowing where to go. And and then I, I kind of got the idea that as he was talking about all this judgment about the anger that like, you know, here's here's a piece I'll share with you. I don't think it's wrong to be that angry. I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong at all. I think you should be that angry. I think you probably are supposed to be that angry to have that rage. And at this point I think it'd been a couple months and it would still come and go and I think well you haven't done anything with it but it's all right to have it. It's all right to feel it. Of course, we don't want to act on it. Uh, that doesn't help him. It doesn't help his family. It just creates other consequences for those actions. But I thought to have a different story about the anger than the one the judge has, the one the inner critic has, where it's it's wrong, you're not supposed to have it, you're supposed to not be there, that, that kind of suppresses it and, and adds a layer of judgment on top of the emotion that, that makes it very difficult to let go of the emotion, to move through the anger because you're so busy judging it, it makes it stuck. And you're in the judgment phase instead of the release and anger phase. And so one of the things you have to do is let go of the judgment about the anger before you can let go and move through the anger. It's typical with any emotion. When you're judging it, it's not it's not going to move. So I said I I told him I think I think it's very understandable to have all that anger. And I think it's part of the natural part of being human. You know, we're not that far out of tribal living. <laughs> and clan warfare. That's not very many generations ago where survival depended on that. Somebody in your family, somebody in your tribe, his life was taken. The, the primal instinct is to protect life, to protect your life, protect your family's life, protect the people you love, and then protect people in your community. And Part of that protection is a fight-or-flight mechanism. And the anger is part of that protection mechanism. And so what's firing off in his nervous system, in his brain, is the survival instinct that's been programmed into our biology <laughs> and our nervous system and our, our endocrine glands for millions of years. Do we want to act on it? No. Do we want to live in the, the consciousness of our primal brain and fight or flight? No. Even in our conscious awareness, you know, our, our human animal physical instinct doesn't abide by our conscious awareness. It abides by the biology and the instinct for survival. And our mind and our Consciousness is sometimes just riding on top of it, 
like a rider on a horse, you know, when those emotions take off, you know, they're just going to take you for a ride. And if you, you practice and you work with your horse, you, you know, you become a skilled rider, you, you don't do anything harmful to yourself or anybody else. We don't want to act on it. But sometimes those emotions in that body are, are strong and powerful. And they push our mind to thoughts that are congruent with the anger, for instance, or the other emotions. And then our rational part, our logic part, our conscious awareness goes, wow, those emotions are really pushing those thoughts to want to express that emotion. And that's part of a normal human experience at times. So in this pile of emotions and stories and grief, sadness and anger and injustice, victimization and judgments and Sometimes we're not trying to solve the whole thing. Sometimes we're just trying to find a, a step that will get us a little further out of the, 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 the hole we're in. And that day with Jack, it was hopefully giving him a narrative story to counter the judge. Did I think the judge would go away about braiding him about being angry again? No. But maybe with this narrative story of understanding biology and tribals, tribalism, and that we're not that far removed from the millions of years of evolution and our brain is still wired for it, and the primal parts of our brain and our limbic system for survival, that maybe he had an understanding that where he could, he could be a little more skeptical of what that inner critic had to say, that there was a different reason for having all that anger other than him being a loser or a failure, that maybe it was okay. And that anger was part of just this beautiful survival instinct that has gotten us this far in the years of evolution. And that maybe, now that we're living in suburban living, very recently, that we have to adapt our biological system to our suburban lifestyles and our city lifestyles. Because we're not engaged in survival clan warfare and tribalism. But our biology hasn't caught up with our <laughs> city and suburban growth lifestyle. We haven't altered the millions of years of evolution to fit our, our current <laughs> freeway traffic conditions or the harsher bits about drunk drivers. And that we have a justice system that's supposed to address those things. And that we don't have to go take care of them by our own hand. Our biology hasn't caught up with that. And so there's going to be a tension between the right thing and the tribal thing. And that's okay. 
that's okay because that's the way it is. That's the way it is. And I think being in awareness of that helps dissolve the judgment. It dissolves one of the stories that adds problems. The judgments and therefore the victimizations about how maybe we're supposed to be different. When in fact, maybe we aren't. Maybe we can have a really evolved consciousness and really be in states of unconditional love and enlightened spirituality at times and our biology can be in other states later in the day or the next day and we can go back and forth until we get all these systems in alignment. And because they're all in alignment doesn't mean they're all going to stay in alignment under every circumstance particularly ones when our our world's been turned inside out with grief and injustice and shock at losing someone close to us in a in a such a careless way so if you find yourself overwhelmed with emotions overwhelmed with the the hole you're in or the mountain you have to climb it's not about finding an answer. It's not a, certainly not about finding an answer to the whole thing. Sometimes it's just a lot to state where you are and then be honest about that. Be honest about, I don't know what to do from here. I don't know if things can get better from where I see or my ability to see today. I'd like to think they could, but I don't know how. And I'm hoping it looks a little better tomorrow. And then you go, I want to find that first step. What's that one agreement, that one layer that maybe I don't solve, but I get a little leverage against that story, like to the inner judge. Maybe I won't solve it, but maybe I'll just get a little leverage of a different way to look at it, a different narrative that's closer to the truth that helps me combat kind of this voice in my head. And you may fumble through the dark for a while to find a foothold with that first step. And that's how it goes sometimes. And if you got a good friend, you got somebody who'll listen, that'll help. Sometimes just saying it out loud helps you articulate where you are and then and then you can get to what's next. I don't know, but at least you're starting to think about there could be something next. And even if you don't know what next is, you're already on the next step. You're starting to think about what could be next, what could change. That's already the next step. To the inner critic, that doesn't look like progress, and it doesn't measure it that way, but it doesn't really know very much about real life. So I hope this is helpful about being a little compassionate towards yourself, and maybe a little bit more compassionate towards others, about the mountains we got to climb and the holes we're digging ourselves out of, the layers on it, and that 
breaking it down into smaller steps and just working on it one at a time. Not even looking for a way to finish it, but just make some progress on one of the steps in the journey is sometimes how you go about this. Because if he can get past some of the judgments about the anger, then he can start moving through the anger. And if you can get past some piece that's in front of you, the top layer, well, then you can start working on the next layer. Hope that helps in terms of understanding a process sometimes, progress, and that it's okay to be where you are. It's okay not to know what to do next, because sometimes I don't know what to do next. And when I don't know what to do next, I practice just being okay with that. That it's okay not to know. That I don't have to scramble. That I don't have to figure anything out. We don't have to get any answers. That it's okay to sit there and not know. And when you, you start to be okay with that, it's easier to see what the first step is. Or at least the first step you want to try. If that doesn't work, you try a different step. If that doesn't work, you try a different step. But just acknowledging sometimes that you don't know. That's one of the ways I move forward. Tell the truth. For more practical steps on how to move forward, you can check out my courses at pathwaytohappiness.com. Self-mastery courses give you a some good steps and practices to move you forward through your stories and your emotions that might be holding you back. This is Gary Van Warmerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com.